Welcome to Table Flipping. I'm actress Taylor Mishak. And I'm writer Alyssa Littman. Join us as we sit down with guests to unpack how the fascinating, messy women of reality TV have shaped our lives. And of course, dish about Bravo, The Bachelor, and everything in between. Thanks Thanks for for listening. Happy Friday, Alyssa. Hello. Happy Friday. How are we doing? Oh, it's a scorcher out there when I go out to get the mail. Uh, It's really hot now. Have you noticed? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's weird because I live on the west side, and so we're always like 20 degrees cooler, uh, not to brag. But it is hot in my apartment today. I noticed that, like, I'm schwitzing all over all day long. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Uh, What's up? Should we start with our Bachelor news? Yes, because it gets better and better every week. Uh, So apparently, (laughs) I do think that this was planned, but JoJo Fletcher, who I adore – uh, is going to be stepping in and subbing for Chris Harrison and hosting some of this already crazy mess of a Bachelorette season because Chris Harrison left the La Quinta Bachelorette <laughs> bubble <laughs> to go drop off his son at college, which is very cute and wholesome. Uh, and I just also like the idea of Chris Harrison being like, fuck this, like I'm going home for what? a bit. What do we think about his son getting dropped off in a dorm room during a pandemic? Hey, I don't know, man. It's I'm like <laughs> I I think it's really strange. I think it's weird. I mean, my brother is a senior in college right now and he hasn't gone back yet and it's been those situations where we're like is he going back? Like yeah. what is the vibe? And I feel so conflicted with any outcome. It's very I feel really terrible for him and I feel the same, you know, same for freshmen. It's like what are right. you supposed to do? But I mean, I can only imagine that Chris Harrison's son's dorm situation is probably pretty nice mm-hmm, <laughs> and mm-hmm. maybe a little more isolated and safer, but I don't really know. But I do like the idea of JoJo Fletcher stepping in and being like, there's two roses left, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> my guys? Oh, my God. My guys? <laughs> uh, she's great. She's very likable. I think she'll make a good host for sure. Yeah, I think it'll be fun. Um, so that's just a little update on, like, the hot mess that has happened in La Quinta. So and excited then also, to see this season, though. Oh, I'm jumping out of my skin for it. I cannot wait. I just, like, I, I'm so excited. Um, I also wanted to ask you, while I was watching something on E! like I do all day, I saw an advertisement for the Bradshaw Bunch. Have you, and you haven't seen anything about I don't about know this? what that is. I'm, is it a Carrie Bradshaw thing? Oh, it's a Terry Bradshaw thing. And they're doing a Keeping Up with the Kardashians, but with Terry Bradshaw and his family. Do I? Am I supposed Terry to Terry Bradshaw? Oh, you don't? Of like from the NFL, oh, he was. The NFL. Um, I don't like yes. the NFL. I don't like football. That's my sports blind spot. I pay attention to what Mike likes, and I pay attention to USC. Yeah, no, I googled him. I see him. Yeah, he, there's. I've seen a lot of commercials. Yes, with him. Yeah, yeah, he's like definitely like a personality, and he's been an announcer for like God knows how long, and he is oh, just so completely undeserving of a show like this. Unless that's insane. Is and he his, like a not good guy? I don't know, but if I w- had to like guess. I, you know, the odds aren't in his favor, but I just, the, uh, the commercials for it, Alyssa, are so funny because it's just this, like, as white as you can get white family, <laughs> it's like, it's like the wife and the daughters look exactly the same and they're all three blondes and they're like, we're just a kooky, crazy family <laughs> with millions of dollars oh, and we're no. Southern. And you're like, no, 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 who oh, gave them no. this show? So I just, I saw an ad and I had to bring it up because I couldn't even believe that it was, um 
real. And but I forgot slash didn't realize that the NFL was more of a blind spot for you. That's fun. Yeah, you know more about that than I do. And you have a real team that you've been a fan of for quite some time. I you know, I grew up in LA, so we didn't have the rant. Right. We went from like no teams to like too many teams to care about. Right. So, <laughs> Uh, like even the Rams played in the Super Bowl a couple years ago, and I was like, "We did." <laughs> so, You're like, "Who us? Wow!" Yeah, I'm like, Come "Wow, on. good job, LA." I guess. Uh, yeah, no, the only game I care about is like the USC UCLA football game because that's like a huge rivalry, and it was very fun in college. But yeah, oh, well, yeah. but I do recognize that guy. I've seen him in some like maybe chicken wing commercials or something. Yeah, he maybe feels we'll like have he's to have pushed like a, chicken. You'll have to like educate me. We'll do like a little education uh, NFL uh, reality <laughs> hour or something like that. I do. I, it's funny you mentioned that because I kind of was wondering. I was like, is part of why like anybody would think there's an appeal to the show like oh, you can watch it with your boyfriend. Yeah. And I, and like, you just could, I would, like, you couldn't. I don't know why any guy would be like, oh, Terry Bradshaw, sick. I'll, <laughs> I'll watch that with you, babe. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> so strange. Maybe There's like, like real, very relevant at football players on a lot of the housewives. Yeah, and like, true. Tony's not like saddling up next to me, really excited to watch that. Yeah. Occasionally I'm like, Mike, get in here. The fucking Juan Dixon is like crying. Yeah. <laughs> <You> know, whatever. <laughs> um, Why? Wow, she's going to actually of... come in now because he thinks I actually yelled for him. Um, <laughs> anyway, let's talk about, let's do Beverly Hills briefly and then we'll get into. New York, your agent is getting so many shout outs oh on this my show. God. I I am freaking out. It's like right at the top of the episode. And when Teddy was like, well, Denise, we just don't understand if you actually know her or if you don't know her. And then Denise screams, we have a mutual agent. And I was like, it's my agent. We have a mutual agent. Denise is like, Teddy, I don't know if you know, but when your dad isn't John Cougar Mellencamp and your stepmom isn't Meg Ryan, you need need an agent to get you work and you have to network with people i'm not sure if anyone explained that side of hollywood to you um are you gonna cry about that now i okay. love it i love it i just love it and i i just like think it's this i feel so close to them uh yeah. what did you think about this episode and the continuing denise debacle um it was fun it was interesting i feel like we're learning a lot about the many sides to denise richards i really enjoyed her talking head where she was like i actually said worse shit about teddy so i don't know why brandy's repeating this or whatever <laughs> i still look i'm not like i don't have a vendetta against denise i don't want her to like be upset i think this is all good television i'm not really like on anyone's side i think she just like doesn't get how much worse she's making this for herself you know what i mean yeah yeah she seems very unfamiliar with the process like we've talked about before and she's like trying to make it better and it's only making it worse and like i did enjoy the shot of the producer coming around and being like denise just get back in there man oh my god that was amazing and it was there. also an amazing moment too because the producer chris pulls her aside and he's like you can't do that you can't make a big speech and then just leave and then she's like you know doing as she's told whatever and then she comes back in and she acts like 
she's coming back out of like the kindness of her heart and i was like literally you just got in trouble with your boss and he turned your ass around and like said you need to participate we're not taking you you're literally trapped here like you cannot leave and she was like guys i just wanted to make sure that we all could get past this and have a good time together and i was like denise you are making yourself look more and more like a huge liar at every turn and like i'm here for it i totally i don't care like i think it's great but stop acting like you're unfairly being accused of being a liar. Yeah. <laughs> that was it great. Is, it is such a badass move to be like, I would like to make a toast. You all are mean bitches. And I'm yes. out. And it was like, okay. And she just thought that was going to be so iconic. And immediately the producer was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, okay, you 50% get how this works. But then you also have to sit here and take all of our bullshit afterwards. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Um, I really enjoyed, first of all, I really enjoyed your self-tape of the Rinna scene. Oh, I thought that was amazing. Very you. funny. Yeah, I would have been more camera ready if I had realized I was going to be posting that Rinna vid on our Instagram, but I just really, really wanted to demonstrate to you how much I thought she was looking at the camera while she was crying, like, if you guys got this, do you guys have my, I'm being really emotional and empathetic right now. And then it was doubly fun that I just happened to be wearing the Ricky shirt in a very embarrassing way. So it feels like it's like this weird intentional video, but I promise you guys, it was so authentically me, real in the moment. (laughs) That's just how we hang out, like in all of our sisters. No, it really is though. You literally did a photo shoot in like a sixers uniform. (laughs) And I was like, how did this happen? You're like, I don't know. It's like a thing about me. And I was like, great. Truly, the photographer was like, is there anything else you, like, want to be photographed in? And I was like, oh, I have this really cool Sixers sweatshirt. I would love to have a picture of <laughs> And she was like, oh, okay. <laughs> that is very funny. Um, I felt like this Denise Rinna situation was like – and this is a very dark comparison, but I feel like it's adequate. So I don't know how closely you, closely you tracked the Catch and Kill Ronan Farrow book, but I heard an interview with him where he was talking about it. And there's a moment where he was like describing that he was talking to this female lawyer who he felt like was a trusted confidant because he'd known her for years. And as he was like uncovering how deep this Harvey Weinstein scandal was, he, he said to her, he turns to her and confides in her and is like, I just, I can't believe like how many people are on his side. It's, it's so insane. And she looked at him and she goes, honey, I am his people. Like she's like been working for Weinstein the whole time. And I feel like this moment between Denise and Rena is like, it's Rinna like revealing that she is more loyal to the show than she is to Denise. You know what I mean? It's like oh the my beginning God, of yes. that. Yes. What a weird comparison. I'm Very say. dramatic. I love that, <laughs> way. that is, and you know what? I think that that makes a lot more sense looking at that exact scene that I was poking fun at because I was like, what is happening here? What is this all about? And that was all I could really take away from it was like Lisa Rinna was like, it's so hard just stirring the pot all the time. And I do feel really bad that I didn't text you to let you know that the shit was about to hit the fan, but that makes it a worse show. And I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah. And now I'm going to use this to continue making the show good because I'm going to cry about it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, she's like, I, I, she does, she works hard, man. Because even like, we never even got to see, which is part of her downfall when 
again, to make the comparison with Lisa Vanderpump, she never had a moment where she like tried to be open and vulnerable and was like, I put the tabloids in your suitcase for this reason. She was just like, I, I'm not, that's like not how I play. I always want to be like the bystander with my mouth open, like judging you all. But Rena's like down to get dirty in any way. Yeah. I just feel like it was very revealing where Denise was like, I feel like you're hurting me. And she's like, I'm going to make this into a great moment for the show right now. And it's like, (laughs) yeah, yeah, you're on the evil side. You are, you will throw anyone under the bus. Everything is carnage. Like, you know, I don't know. And then she's like, but I'm going to go to church. Yeah. (laughs) That's also very cinematic for the season. (laughs) (laughs) I love Rena. I love a woman who commits to a cause, you know? I do too. Speaking of, is it even like, it feels very scary to start to unpack this, but like Garcelle's insistent bringing up of the body shaming theme with like her and her daughters. And it's still kind of happening on Instagram right now. And I, I think that all I'll say about it is I do really like that. It seems as though Garcelle has been trying to make this a thing like for months, maybe yeah. there was all of those flashbacks of all of these different times that Garcelle and Rena have been together. And she's been like, talk to me about these like sort of slutty dancey Instagram videos. Talk to me about your daughters. What's happening here? And it's like, finally in Rome, she's like, can we all, if we're all just like chatting, I would like to have this really uncomfortable conversation with Rena where I call her a bad mom. And I was like, this is, is this really just something she wants to like a hill she wants to die on? Or is the producer like, we got to have another conversation? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I also think it's interesting that she's going after the like naked dancing videos. Whereas before, I mean, people used to hammer Rinna and joke around that she doesn't eat, you know? Yeah. Many instances of that through the seasons. So, and then that just kind of went away. And now Rinna's yeah. like, I'm a champion for anorexia. And it's like, but are you though? <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, I I thought it was an it was a very like forced moment. I don't know if it's Garcelle thinking like this is what I've been directed to have my storyline be. This is how I'm gonna like yeah. you know get into a little fight for myself. Um, well, look, she's entitled to her opinion. I don't necessarily think that that would make you anorexic. I think it would make you like extremely embarrassed. You know. <laughs> So, yeah, I think that that's our official take on the issue. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. And moving on. Um, Let's talk about Roni. I felt like this was such a fun episode until obviously the very end was bizarre, but like there was just so yeah. many funny things in this app. Oh, I really think that I want to get like really cheesy word art on my wall. That's like better to have a crystal up your JJ than a stick up your ass. <laughs> I think yeah. it's like so funny and it also is now the second time we're bringing up these yoni eggs on the pod that's since true Georgie insisted on bringing it up during the too hot to handle episode <laughs> but I I just I loved it and I love you know Leah is is again working hard and love it what were some of your favorites um I love I just feel like Sonia is like such a pure being and she's so <laughs> sweet and she I loved her like at the table doing all her emails and whatever and then the women trying to get on her for it and she goes I have to make a living sorry and just leaves the table I thought that was very sweet I was like you go you business mo- yeah like, I job. have a job my bad I was very stressed at they I think that the resort that they're in in Mexico is very beautiful but this like entering the cave water oh my god no a bungee is like my hell would you do that or are you no so I have seen like stalactites or whatever they're called dolomites 
I or dolomite might be something else. Never mind. <laughs> they say dolomite in the episode, and I was like, huh? But we can never trust them to know the right one. No, no. <laughs> but um, that I have seen them in um Shasta, and I think also Sh- Sequoia in California. Um, you can do like a walk through tour. It's very claustrophobic. Uh, I saw those bats in there and I was like, fuck no, get the fuck out of there. This is how coronavirus started. What are you doing? I don't fuck around with bats. There's just, do you know that it's literally, if you live in a place where bats could just like accidentally fly into your house or whatever, if you fall asleep in a room in your house and you wake up and there's a bat in there and like nothing has happened, you have to go get a rabies shot because bats can bite you and you won't even know and you could die. You have to go get a rabies shot the first 24 hours or something like that. It's crazy. Oh my God. Yeah. No, thank you to bats. They're they're, bananas. I thought my jury was really out on bats because you're not my only friend who really hates them. And I was like, I don't know. I've never interacted with them. And then when I went camping for the first time last year, I saw a bunch of them and was like, I'm not scared. And I'm actually a very scared and nervous person. So I was like, do I, do I like bats? So I liked bats until this conversation. Now I'm back. I'm back on anti-bat. You do like birds, so it makes sense I do that you like, like bats. I don't think bats are yucky looking. And in fact, this is fucking crazy, especially in a coronavirus world where we don't know where it came from, but it does live in bats and has evolved through the bat population. Uh-huh. Uh, there, when I was a kid in elementary school, there was a literal bat lady. We called her the bat lady. And she would bring in fucking bats from that out of a tree or whatever like a baby bird that she like rehabbed and these were like her pet bats and she would bring them to class and like teach us about them which seems like a giant lawsuit honestly whoa i don't like bats is because they have they can carry like a lot of diseases so i'm not i'm not like i don't think they're disgusting to look at I'm not afraid of them. I just don't want to fuck around with whatever they no. carrying, you know? Same thing with, like, right. raccoons. Like, raccoons are cool and they're interesting, but they could also have rabies, so no thanks. Right, and I certainly, I mean, to your point, I also wouldn't want to just wake up in a room with any living creature just no. in the room. I like, the, to be just surprised by, there's a bat, would be bad news bears for any yeah. animal. Yeah, so no thank you that. um no thank you to rappelling down into like some Mm -mm. kind of well how do we get out of the well um Mm -mm. I'm glad Mm -mm. that they were brave and they did it and it was like beautiful but yeah I'm out I draw the line at the bats um it just it reminds me of like any if like if Tony and I were on that trip he would be so frustrated with me for not doing it but I'd be like no and frankly it's a gift to you that you don't have to deal with me panicking once I'm down there yeah, no thank you to whatever kind of sea creatures survive in underground ocean water. <laughs> Just no thank you, respectfully. No, thank you, no, thank love you. Look at a video of you afterwards, and afterward <laughs> we've confirmed you don't need any shots because you were around the bats, you know? That's how I feel. That's our, that's our, that's the table flipping take, thank yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> uh. um, I thought it was so funny that they're like getting on each other about table manners and then immediately, and this seems to happen every time they go on vacation, Dorinda's like, I shit on the floor reaching for my dress. And then she's like, it smells like a barn in here because she's been having diarrhea like for so long. And then what do they all do? They go hang out in the diarrhea room and they're all like, oh my God, I have to get the Chanel body spray because it smells like diarrhea in here. And then Ramona's like, I shit on the floor in Cartagena. I'm like, this is not normal. I've never shit on the floor out of town. Like that's just never happened. <laughs> like, 
even if I've had diarrhea, I've somehow made it all in the toilet. Yeah. Yeah. It is weird how like we talk about like, I don't know, Roni and a a couple of the franchises sometimes will just like digress into just this like drinking and screaming. And, and it's weird. We haven't talked about it yet because it does seem like every episode of Roni does have something to do with poop. They're either like pooping or peeing in the cornfield or they're clogging up toilets at Greystone Manor or whatever the fuck it's called. And then now they're in Mexico and they're just like shitting on the floor. And it's like, this is kind of insane. Is that like a level of like, you know, like if you do Coke, then you could like shit your pants by accident. Like, are they just partying way harder than they let on? I mean, I'm open to that possibility. (laughs) Oh my God. That that would explain so much, including Luann's unbelievable body. Okay. She's so fucking hot. I'm, what am I, it's, it's crazy. I have questions and it's very frustrating to me because Watching her work out, I'm like, your form is not good. You're not, you don't look athletic. So how do you have that body? Is it just that like, if you keep up all those exercises, then you'll, even if you do them wrong, still be toned all over? I just don't understand. Yeah, she's so toned. I love it. And I love when she comes out in her sexy little workout outfit, but that's still incredibly low voice. And it's like, I'll work out with these guys. (laughs) you're like, (laughs) I would make a deal with the devil to have her voice, to have her abs and arms. And yeah. the body, everything. I was like, this is spectacular. I, I'm just here for it. Yeah, Ooh. she looked great. Um, who do we think that the guy from American Idol that they've all hooked up with is? She said, <laughs> she said, Luann said she, Tinsley, and Ramona have all hooked up with the same guy who's been in her cabaret show who won American Idol. I have no idea. Well, who they that said one that he won. Yeah. Oh, interesting. I remember them just saying American Idol, and I was like, I'm never going to know. We'll have to investigate it. I'm sure it's all over the internet now, right? Oh, my God. Sorry. We skipped over a major thing in Beverly Hills. Uh, Harry Hamlin has a child with that fucking 80-something-year-old Italian actress. Like, that's how – that was crazy. (laughs) I I agree. I was going to ask you if you knew that. I was like, I'm such a big fan of that whole family. So I'm like, how did I not know? And it also makes me like their home a lot more because I've always not really loved Lisa Rinna's house. And I'm like, why is it? And she's like, do you see there's, like, these Italian themes, and that's, like, the inspo. And I'm like – okay that makes more sense I like it cool it's specific but yeah Harry Hamlin when he was like what 28 28 she was like come up to my room and got her pregnant on the first try <sighs> we should watch that movie what's the movie they were making the like gladiator movie oh I have no idea it was some it's some like Probably sort a of... movie I like slept through in film school honestly <laughs> yeah <laughs> That's the only time yeah, you can sleep knew? in film school. Um, uh, so yeah, Dimitri that's insane. Is his like adult son from this like beautiful Italian actress that he made this like crazy Rome film with when yeah. he was young, and I love it. And I love uh, Rina's attitude about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna. <laughs> She's say like, the isn't this thing. story crazy? <laughs> Yeah, she was like, it was very, like, you know, uh, Italian cinema. And I was like, if my boyfriend knocked up someone who was, like, however much older than him and fathered a child, I would be like, okay, that's – something is dark about this, and I don't fucking want to talk about it. I would be – I would be – constantly the jealousy would be ever present of him being like she just like put me under a spell and told my room and what was I to do it's like I'm sorry what kind of a person are you yeah that there was nothing you could do she called your room with her sexy voice and said come upstairs and you did and you impregnated her 
Yeah, this is not like, a good pattern of behavior to start off with. And like, then every fight we got into, I'd be like, sorry, I'm not an Italian leading lady. <laughs> Why don't you just go knock another one of those up? <laughs> anyway, I'm a nightmare. So <laughs> that's, how, that's exactly how I would do it. Yep. 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 Uh, we have to do a T'Challa update because Taylor is very affectionate to these kinds of birds. I Googled it. Cause you were like, I can't believe you don't read about them. And I was like, yeah, I should. <laughs> um, and I learned that they can be as smart as a five-year-old child, which is like pretty crazy. Um, hence the potty training. Mm-hmm. And then um, Monique, posted an Instagram video from Real Hustlers of Potomac where she was crying. I'm sorry, it's hard to to talk about with a straight face and PETA's gonna like come after us. But look, if you go outside with your bird on your shoulder, I don't care if you think it likes your coffee routine or whatever the fuck you do with it every day. If the bird can fly, it might fly away. Like it's a bird. Yeah, it's a bird. It is a bird. And that's coming from, you know, our resident bird expert, moi, that birds (laughs) like to fly. I just thought the timing of it was so great because we did our Potomac episode right in between the premiere and the second episode of the actual Real Houses of Potomac. And uh, that was where obviously America met this beautiful bird. And yeah. then the bird goes missing on like that Monday. Yeah. You texted me and you were like, oh my God, are we going to have to watch a full season <laughs> of this bird that's now like missing and potentially dead like it's so we're gonna have to watch all of this like already what was kind of uncomfortable footage of Monique and this giant parrot and then it would be so funny and bizarre and morbid if he just like never came back but fortunately for everyone involved except for the comedy uh (laughs) the bird came back Look, here's the thing. So there are wild parrots in LA that allegedly Mm. escaped like a house fire like decades ago, right? And I don't know the lifespan of a parrot. Do you know how long they live? uh, uh, Yeah, African gray, when you buy it, you have to put it into your will because they can live upwards of 40 to 50 years. Right. So there are these old (laughs) ass parrots who escaped (laughs) someone's like Venice house fire or whatever in the 60s. And they've now reproduced and they just like run wild all over LA and they're totally fine. They survive by themselves, you know? So like, I wasn't trying to be cruel laughing at the fact that the bird is going to like, you know, die all alone. I was like, T'Challa will be fine. And (laughs) And, uh, it's really funny that you like hyped up this bird so much and you started an Instagram for it and you fucking took it outside with no leash on and you didn't clip his wings or anything. And he just took off like, and now we get to watch every episode of the missing bird, but he came back because he was hungry and he liked Monique, I guess. So good. Yeah. So that's good. But no, you're totally right. That bird would have like gotten a paid internship and yeah. like leased a car and like gotten an apartment in DC by the time like in a matter of hours so I was never worried about the fate of the bird uh, oh yeah but I just love it we'll we'll continue with our T'Challa updates if there are any. yeah we'll have a T'Challa corner and every up um oh okay so this week's episode uh we have the amazing and talented Caroline Fox coming back to talk about the like omnipresent it seems trending show selling sunset on netflix Mm -hmm. and everybody is also very aware of it right now because of the very public chrishell and justin hartley divorce but i learned something since our interview with caroline where (laughs) i was talking to uh i think probably tony and said chrishell a lot and he's like what kind of name is (laughs) chrishell chrishell is named chrishell 
supposedly when I looked it up because she was her mom went into labor when she was at a gas station a shell station no and the man working at the gas station no Chris oh no helped give birth to the baby and so Chriselle's mom said I will name her Chris shell I will name her Chriselle I I'm speechless. So I, I had, to, I was like, oh, I cannot wait to share that. Um, because I just think that's a spectacular. Wow. Uh, well, these are names full of meaning, you know, I think I might be named after like Alyssa Milano or some shit. I don't know. <laughs> it's just such a great, I love the idea of like anybody dissing her to her face about it and her being like, well, it actually has this like kind of interesting story. Cause she's like so sweet, but it is a ridiculous name and it's a crazy story. But did her mom just like not think about a name until the moment she gave birth? That's crazy. I know. I think that that's wild. And people do do that. But I also think if you gave birth under such insane circumstances, what if it also starts off as like, oh my God, I don't know how to thank you. I'll name her Chris. And then you just, it like just in the, with all the hormones and the emotions, and then you look at the shell sign and you're like, this is the most beautiful moment of my life. I will name her Chris Shell. You don't have people, a lot of people around you to kind of be like a checks and balances system for your logic. And of course the guy is going to be like, oh my God, thank you. Like, <laughs> I really hope something happens to me that I look at a shell sign and I think this is the most beautiful moment of my this life. This is the most beautiful moment of my wow, life. Wow, wow, wow. Crazy. All right. Um, yeah, we did the, uh, I mean, really the only option for an episode this week because everyone was so hyped on this season. Uh, and it was it's great. True. Very funny. Um, she previously talked about Ramona with us. Um, and uh, we love her. And it was a delight to have her back. Enjoy. I'm Jason Oppenheim. And this is my twin brother, Brett. Together, we built and own the Oppenheim Group Broker Chair. Anyone who's buying or selling in the Sunset Strip in the Hollywood Hills calls us. All right, today we have the very talented and funny TV writer Caroline Fox back for round two to talk about the sensational Selling Sunset. I feel like everybody on social media is talking only about this show this week, which is proof that we have literally nothing else to do. (laughs) Um, Welcome back to the pod, Caroline. You did your first episode with us about Ramona Singer, and we have like some similar characters on this show as well. Yes. Yeah, I think so. Um, so how did you find the show and what's it about for people who are unfamiliar? It's about a real estate firm in West Hollywood, California, run by two miniature twins, Brett Brett and Jason Oppenheim. And Jason is the alpha, it's a very clear, Jason is the alpha twin and then Brett is like his naughty beta. And they... (laughs) And their agents, they're the brokers, or just Jason is the broker, and their agents, the people who show the houses to the clients, kind of the salespeople of the whole operation, are all gigantic women. Uh (laughs) They work exclusively kind of in West Hollywood West, Uh and... um, and don't really, and it's all multi-million dollar properties, like mm-hmm. $5 million and above. They went to like a $2 million house in Los Feliz, which is where I live, and they treated it like it was the slums. So that's the premise of the show. We kind of follow the drama within the office, and also we track some of the big sales they're making to try and get commissions. So I 
I had two very strong reactions when I first started watching this show. Um, the first was, oh, these are porn stars who've aged out and now they're selling homes. <laughs> um, and then, and I was like, look at, this is like cartoon version of what people think LA women look like. And then as I continued to watch, I was like, am I not sexy enough? <laughs> like, do I, am I like failing? Like, am I falling down on the job as a woman? Because they're all so, I feel like you, your eyes start to get used to the craziness and then you start to be like, maybe I need to like push my boobs up at work more or whatever. <laughs> yes. I, t- I then- actually, seeing the Los Feliz house that- them touring it was the first time I got perspective because I definitely had been feeling the same way. I was like, well, I am like a garden gnome in, a, like, yeah. <laughs> in this world of women. And then seeing them in an environment that was more familiar to me, they looked insane. Okay, They good. were like tottering around in like platform oh, the heels. heels. Yeah, the heels are, they're trying to normalize them by wearing them every scene. And then every once in a while you're like, is that, is that a 14 inch heel? <laughs> also, they're like swapping around open construction sites in the dirt and I'm like so scared for them (laughs) um and the second thing that happened to me was I don't really watch HGTV because I feel like I'll just be sad about the houses that I'm never going to be able to afford Mm -hmm. um but I started watching this and at first I was like I was like oh that's like it's beautiful and this is all you know obviously every property is beautiful and then immediately I was like too much marble too much glass too much metal this is ugly like this is a piece of shit who would pay 45 million dollars for this house like you just so quickly turn against the properties yeah they're all they're all being sold for like it seems that most of their clients are like international buyers who are looking for a quote Hollywood Hills lifestyle and that seems yes. to be exclusively like glass and steel and those like chairs that are like purse like plastic clear yes. chairs. Yes. What is the deal with all the there's also a lot of like hard plastic sculptures? Yes. Like a giant mm-hmm. red blob on the ground that's shiny and plastic and it's like this looks like it should be at MoMA or something and it's just <laughs> in the middle of the living room. <laughs> and they walk in and they're like, "Oh my god, do I have the client for this?" Yeah. Like, <laughs> Wild. Um, Taylor, do you want to walk us through the backstory of this Chriselle Justin Hartley divorce that is really the centerpiece of season three? Yes. So this is like the whole reason I even, I I feel like it's been recommended to me a lot, but it was not on the top of my list of shows to watch. And then I was just like all over these headlines of, so beautiful actress and real estate agent Chriselle is married to Justin Hartley of This Is Us fame. And she's been with him for six years. They got married two years ago. Right as they were getting married is when he booked This Is Us. And then, of course, it's blown up and is everybody's, like, favorite crying porn show uh, on NBC. And he fucking (laughs) divorces her. And celebrity divorces, like, they, they go public because there's always paparazzi on, like, the courthouse steps, I guess. And so he decides to go himself, file for divorce, if the whole world knows, and the only way he tells Chriselle is 45 minutes before this trip to the courthouse, he sends her a text message. And this is all on season three, and this is, of course, all they use to, like, promote everybody watching season three. And I was like, okay, I'll bite. I'll do it. I will watch <laughs> two seasons of this episode leading up to this past Friday when it came out. And I don't know how you guys felt, but I 
didn't think that it disappointed at all. I think that they showed such a juicy amount of Chrishell talking about it and how she was blindsided. Yeah. She was so upset. She was like, I know we've had problems and we did have a fight that morning, but there's just like, no way. This is just his, his, I'm just shocked. I'm totally shocked. And then of course I adored how the other camp, as you pointed (laughs) out, of Christine, Davina, and even Maya a little bit, but Heather were like, well, we said hi to Justin one time at a party, and he was nothing but nice to us when he said hi. So I don't know. The jury is out. I don't know. And like sweet little Chriselle is like, oh, my life is falling apart. And I'm blindsided. I can't even do any of this. And they're just like, I want to be here for you, but I don't know how because Justin said hi to me once. Yeah. And exactly. I just, I thought that this whole thing was so great. I'm excited to hear how you guys responded to it. And it's, isn't it wild how much the internet is just like, fuck Justin Hartley. Everyone hates him now. Well, first of all, he looks like, he looks like the man who was like, mean to you in the 90s in high school like there is something so like he's so like tacky there's something so like 90s tacky about him with like his like frost not frosted frosted tips but clearly like highlighted hair and like it's all there a lot of gel and like kind of spiked I mean, I have my theories about, do you guys have a theory about what happened in the divorce? Why he filed? Oh, I think it has so much to do with booking and renewing his contract for This Is Us and thinking he can do better and keep his money to himself. And this, all this judgment has absolutely everything to do with his hair, as you just described. (laughs) There's just like some celebrities where every time you hear something bad, you're like, I buy it. Like, I have no reason. And that's just my impression of him is that he is untrustworthy and that he's the type of guy who would be like, hmm. I hit it big and I think I could do better. And I'm sorry, better than Chriselle, who's so fucking hot and nice. And she's so, so nice. That's my fear. Like yeah. I feel like she's one of the few where every like housewife, every I'm I'm never like have no problems with them. But with Chriselle, I like genuinely just felt for her and I think she's so endearing and charming and like vulnerable in a way that's so appealing. I just, like, loved her. So the -hmm. fact, it felt like power to her that she was able to not be just, like, it didn't feel like she was milking it. It felt like she was genuinely in crisis. So why not hate the man who put her in that position? I also think he has some new girlfriend, Mm -hmm. right? I feel like he may have been having, whether it was physical or emotional, I feel like he was having an affair. And because it feels like that's why you file for divorce without a conversation, because you don't want to be talked out of it. It's like you've made your decision with the other person. And there isn't something to work through. It's just like this is what's happening. Yeah, yeah that, makes that makes I sense. I think that holds a lot of water. And I also think the, the protecting your money thing, too. You don't want to give her any time to scramble or you know, look at all of the financial situations that you've got going on. Yeah. He's the worst. (laughs) I think that, uh, it's also interesting to me because I've seen some quotes that he's like unhappy about what she said about the divorce on the show. And I was like, she didn't say anything. She actually was very reasonable about like what could have been going through your head. Like all she was saying is it sucks to get a text message that you're getting divorced. Yeah. And then she had to move into that devastating house. Yeah. What house was that? Do they just like get to live (laughs) in these properties that the Oppenheim group has? Like, I'm very confused. Someone got married in one. It seems like a pretty 
cushy like setup. Mary getting <laughs> Mary getting married at that house to me was the saddest thing in the world. Yeah, that was very sad in the weirdest, luxurious, most glamorous way. Yes. It was it was in a house that she wished she could buy if her young fiance were not a baker turned I was looking him up, and apparently his job is listed exclusively now as a cast member on this show. Oh, no. no Romaine. Like, the lettuce. Bad. <laughs> I did enjoy Romaine at this crazy wedding that we can talk about, just being like, Davina's a snake. Like, every time yeah. there's drama, it's Davina. I was like, Romaine, this is the first smart thing you've said on this yes. show. <laughs> He's very pouty, and that was the first time he felt, like, insightful pouty. Yeah. He's normally just got mm-hmm. that little, like, screwed up face on top of his body being like, mm, I don't like. <laughs> I literally cannot imagine what Mary and Romaine talk about when the cameras aren't rolling. Like, yes, it's what do they what do they possibly talk about? In, in the very first episode when they're introduced, she's like, so it is sometimes difficult to understand what he is saying and it's and it's not that like no it's difficult for you to understand but I love him I live with him I just like I understand him right away she was like no for me it's very hard to communicate (laughs) (laughs) was the first episode the one also or was that did they save it for a second episode when she was like well if we wanted to have children I would need to have them within the next two years because I'm I'm turning 40 and I would yeah. need to have them then and he was and she was like what do you think about that and he says I don't think I would have children for 10 years. Yeah. And it was like, <laughs> and then they get engaged immediately. Immediately. And yeah. then Christine is like, hey, didn't he just say he doesn't want to have kids for 10 years? And she's like, fuck you, you're a bad friend. And I was like, wait a second. <laughs> I think Christine <laughs> might be onto something here. And that guy's 25 and you're almost 40. And like, maybe we should just hold a beat before we get engaged. I'm just imagining what it's like for them to like date like, where do they go? How do they meet these people? Like, what is that? Like, does Christine allow her husband even to see, like, who she is beneath the lacquer? Like, what is it? I just have no... Like, I I don't know what it's like not to have a giant mouth guard and, like, hair yeah. that doesn't ever look quite right. Yeah. And well, so this idea. and Tarek met on a boat. If that helps answer your question. Oh my god! But... Isn't the boat? What is the boat's name? Is like Bad Boy or something? What's the name of the boat? I don't remember. I'm gonna... I just thought it was so insane that she was like, "So I met Tarek when I was on a boat, and then he was on a boat, and it, and it okay, so it came up next to my boat, and we just looked at each other, and we were like, oh my god, hi!' And now I'm raising his kids, and like the, that was like their meet cute. That was their story. And Heather looks exactly like Tarek's ex-wife. I actually think Heather is like so hot and oh, I she is. I yes, just agree. I, she's like the perfect specimen of a human. I talked to um Abby Caldwell, our previous guest about this and she was like too many injections. And then once she said that, I looked at her a little differently, but she's like she's like the epitome of like Los Angeles hot, I think. Oh yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. She looks she looks like Jessica Rabbit. Like, she's, yeah. like, very... And she she was a Playboy centerfold. Yeah. I, I have to tell you that I did look up the photos and felt very uncomfortable. <laughs> well, now we're going to have to post them on the Instagram now that you've said that. It was... It was... It was... It was one of those things where I was like, if anyone walks in, this is tough. There's no explanation. Because they're, they're I, like, quite graphic. 
Yeah, and also to add on to that and be quite graphic on this podcast, I also like that um, Heather was just, like, very pro-pubes, and she was like, pubes are sexy. Pubes are so sexy. Yes, to Brett. So the the beta twin, Heather, I don't know whether it's real or in her head or in his head, but there was, like, one episode where Heather – And Brett are, like, selling a house, and she introduced this idea of, like, that they have a flirtation. That, like, they could have dated but never did. And she's always saying things, like, for his benefit. And he is, he's my favorite twin, and I'll tell you why. Because he has no sense of irony whatsoever or sarcasm. So watching him, like, flirt with her, she's, like... This isn't what she said, but it would be like, maybe I'll take off my clothes. And he'd be like, well, I'd be shocked if you did. (laughs) (laughs) That's like, so she's playing these like coy games with him, this like tiny man. And he seems like sort of overwhelmed by it, but along for the ride. I don't understand what the twins do like what did what is their value it the whole setup just reminds me of a strip club you know how or like a hairdresser salon where like you have to you essentially like rent your pole and then you have to pay the facility like that's sort of what i see this business model as is that kind of they just provide like money and and connections and then all the women do the work is that what it is well i wonder what their cut is that's what I keep being curious about, because every house that they sell, they list you or that's being listed, they tell you what the commission is. Right. But we don't know how much the actual agent makes of that commission. Correct. Like, how much goes to the the elves and how much go to these, like, giantesses. Yeah. Which is, and mm-hmm. I don't, I haven't looked it up. I wonder. Yeah, well, it seems to be, like, part of the drama comes from just, like, they are all working together to create, like, the name of the Oppenheim group. Uh, means that they can get these like really impressive list- listings and that that's why they're like exclusively doing these multi-million dollar places. But then I think that Jason and Brett are very much selling the biggest listings mm-hmm. and will every once in a while give one of those to usually marry mm-hmm. and be like, look, we're spreading the love. Like if you guys keep working, then you'll, you'll get to this tier. So I guess that that's also part of like the motivation to be there and there's also that Jason has the broker's license, which also Davina has and said 15,000 fucking times in season three. And I was I ripping my yes. hair out. She's like, I actually, I actually have a broker. I actually have a broker. <laughs> so I actually could do this by myself. And you're like, Davina, shut up. <laughs> I also love Taylor that you're doing your Garrett from Siesta Key voice to impersonate <laughs> Davina. I think that's spot on. What were you going to say, Caroline? <laughs> I'm looking this up of how much they take. Okay. So they get... Two point, you get 2.5% because 5% is split into half for the buyer, person represents the seller, and then the person brings the buyer. So it's 2.5%. Now, of that 2.5%, the seller, say Christine, gets 70% and Jason gets 30%. Okay. That's a pretty high percentage. 30% of like $100,000? I mean, for doing nothing? For just literally like having your name be the front for this woman who's actually selling the house? That's like a lot. To yeah. me, I think so, right? They seem to be doing re- really well. Like we don't see the homes of the agents except for Christine. Like the other homes are kind of too mm-hmm. sad, it feels yeah. like. But we do yeah. see Jason and Brett's homes. 
Which it's are like on the one hand, you buy have, a like, home once a year. You have Amanda being like, her kids are like, and then you'll be able to buy groceries, mommy. And then you have one of the twins like, look at this thirty thousand dollar like TV holder I put in the ground that like comes up out of nowhere. And it's yes. like, wait a second. <laughs> yes. How um, sweet is that scene with her kids though? And her, they go to the park, and she's like, I'm working on my first listing. And her sweet little son is like, I think that you could sell a home, mom. No problem. Yeah. Like, oh, I, I love Amanda. I love Amanda. Oh, Amanda. First of all, thank fucking goodness she's the best person on this entire show and i i love also her journey of being like i used to decorate all of these so why can't i just like sell it it's easy peasy and it's just kind of like joking her way through half of it while busting ass i love her did you know she dated tay diggs that's the connection between him and mary (gasps) yeah i saw pictures of them together and i wasn't sure but that's not her ex who like sort of left her high and dry no it feels like a very sad situation that's like begging for us to we like begging to learn more but also you don't want to yeah yeah too sad not for this show you know um, one thing i wanted to ask you guys about is how you feel about the fact that the oppenheim that the brothers are constantly like they're constantly having all these group dinners and treating it like their family <laughs> when it's all of these people who like hate each other they're like constantly like that friendsgiving appeared to be on actual thanksgiving yeah. Yeah, they're definitely and their and their parents came. Like the twins' parents came. Yes. And it was a lot. And I love that they're I think it's weird and it's strange that they push it so much. And like I love that when Christine insulted the Oppenheim wine that they're always making them drink. She's like, Oh great, more of this disgusting Oppenheim wine. We all drink together at these family dinners. But I do, I must admit that my favorite moment of them acting like a family is, was in the season three finale when Chriselle got upset and started to leave Christine's wedding. And Jason, or Brett, not sure, turned around and was like, who the fuck upset Chriselle? Yeah. Who the fuck did that? We're a family. Who did, like, and they could, uh, these women can be just, like, at each other's throats. And it's like, but we're family. And it's just because of this weird, like, mentality that they're pushing on all of them. So I don't know. I think it's weird, but it helps the show. <laughs> Def, this, I, I wonder if it's, because it doesn't feel orchestrated for the show. It feels like this is what those brothers wanted. They wanted this, like, family of these, like, giant porn stars that are their sisters. <laughs> yeah. You always have to question the motives of somebody who thinks the best business model is only to have all hot women working for them. Like, there's no reason why there can't be a man that sells houses for you. Oh, there's a reason. (laughs) Um, Although there appears to be, I wish I knew the episode, there is a man who's been in the background. Oh. And I want to know who he is. Wow, wow, wow. I want to know if he's so happy not to be on the show or if he's, like, super pissed the whole time. Offended. Let's get into this insane wedding Please. decor. I just want to talk about the decor. It's, it's fucking crazy. It's like a snow-themed, like you said, Maleficent, you know, pure villain. Like, all villain attire wrapped into Christine. She's wearing a black wedding gown. There's... Like, literally red and black lighting. Her cake is black with red in the middle. And then, like, as she's walking down the aisle, it starts to snow. And people are concerned that the snow is real. And they're like, this is dry clean only. (laughs) It's it's wild. Like, what did you guys think of 
this extravagant wedding. Uh, I felt bad for the drugged out swans. Oh. I, I also thought, like, I was like, what is so insane about this? It's like, when you do see an over-the-top wedding, the sentiment is still usually the same, that it's, like, you know, hyper-romantic. It's, like, very, very sweet and very joyous. And this felt like a, like, burlesque Vegas show that was just, like, selling like sex and a smirk yes. so I was like this is the weirdest like I I love a big wedding but it's like the vibe is off like well, also it's not a big wedding she was like it's a pretty intimate wedding like not like <laughs> yeah. 10 people but she was like we're keeping it to just close it's under 100 people so the vibe was like kind of intimate but it was like a sex show she was yeah yeah very, very strange. And I also felt like they really milked, like, I, I know we're all Team Chriselle, and I also, I thought that a lot of her pain was really uh, authentic, but I felt like Chriselle sat in the wedding. We didn't know if she would come or not. She shows up. She's like, I'm going to put on a brave face in a stunning outfit, by the way. Mm-hmm. She was breathtaking. Yes. And I think that she thought, all right, I'll give them a couple of looks of me being sad and forlorn and heartbroken. And they made such a meal out of it. There's like six minutes of Chriselle just like looking sad and beautiful in different positions. And I was like, was the scene, was something cut from this scene? And how bad is Christine going to be when they show this? But like the entire time Christine's walking down the aisle, they're just like zooming in slowly on Chriselle in the background with like one tear falling out of her eye. Oh, I just go. You also just know that it's like killing Christine inside when she is going to be the center of attention and this huge news breaks that like everyone cares about and she has to like pretend to be nice to Chriselle about her situation and then the whole I mean I'm sure she watched this episode and was like my whole fucking wedding episode is just Chriselle crying and people comforting her which is probably aggravating. I think she said that in an interview. She was like I was disappointed in how my wedding was portrayed on the show yeah which like fair <laughs> honestly I'm I'm kind of on Christine's side <laughs> Absolutely. shouldn't have shouldn't have should have told Chriselle to stay home yeah in a nice way in a nice way but like also her dad like helped her out of the car but then didn't walk her down the aisle <laughs> I was like I'm sorry is he gonna ruin your shot like you you just had your dad like in the street help you out of the vehicle and then did you just make him go sit down like, it's so crazy to me that he didn't walk her down the aisle. And by car, you mean, like, the horses of the apocalypse that, yes. like, rode her into the wedding? I was like, what the fuck is this? this if I saw that coming down the street, I'd be like, the end is nigh, guys. <laughs> like, oh, it was so strange. Remember when she said that she waited until he slept to order, like, Louis Vuitton bags on his phone and then yes. delete the notification? <laughs> but and she then said she's he like, likes so... to buy her things. that's what I'm saying she doesn't accept less than she deserves I mean at like Chriselle's charity situation where she got that you know that was the last thing we saw before her divorce um Christine was like yeah me being here is charity like (laughs) I just love this attitude and I love that she's basically you know she I love a girl who can without making it seem confrontational, say something directly to your face that, like, totally calls you out. And what she said to Chriselle was, like, 
She's like, totally no worries. I understand you're regrouping. I put you down for fish at my wedding. It's not a big deal. <laughs> she also had such a validating scene, I think, in this last season when Davina does have that crazy $80 million property that Adnan is, like, so tight-lipped about. And then she asks for Christine's help. And Christine's like, great, I'm going to bring around my husband who has a lot of connections in Silicon Valley and, like, see if he can, like, get one of his rich friends to buy it. She runs into Adnan. They have another, like, weird scene where he doesn't answer any of her questions. But then Davina gets really pissed because she was not, you know, wasn't privy to this, like, showing that Christine did. And I love so much when Davina, like, comes to her house. It's like, well, you made me look like an, an I actually, you can't do that. You made me look like an idiot. And instead of apologizing, Christine's like, well, you asked for my help. So I guess I'll stop helping you. Yeah. Um, okay. And you're just like, I love it. It's like, yeah, she fucking, it's, she's better at the job than you. And is, is not the problem, Davina. You are. And it was very great to see her bitchiness used in a passive-aggressive professional way. She like also that. said at one point, I hope she uses this opportunity, talking about Chriselle, to, you know, she's always referred, referred to as Justin Hartley's wife, so maybe she'll form her own identity now. And I was like, that is a brutal thing to say to someone. <laughs> That's so mean. It's she so seems mean. to have, like, I mean, there is something about Christine that is vaguely Ramona-like. Yeah. Justin, that she seems to have these, like, in her case, Ramona, it doesn't seem to be rage-filled, but Christine seems to have, like, rage blackouts. And then does, like, a genuine apology, and then it's right back to raging. Where yeah. it's like, but she doesn't seem to feel genuine remorse. Like, knows how to apologize, and then goes right back at it the next time. Like, that whole dementia thing with Chriselle, end of season mean, one. Mean, That was scary. Man, I think that, I think what we're talking about here, too, is, like, Christine is such a well choreographed, uh, very, everything is very planned out and funny and, and theatrical and the, everything that she instigates. She reminds me of like a more evil Lisa Rinna. And Davina is like just so unintentional and does not have a plan and mm -hmm. nothing about her is like, is very polished. So it's funny to see the end of the season, just Davina kind of, crumbling and like not no what, what oh did we I, did we offend her I guess okay so that's it like Christine in those shoes would have had like an amazing one-liner right and that would have been the yes. button on the whole season but she yes. was busy cutting her weird cake that looked like it was bleeding <laughs> it's also weird do you guys find it's I think it's interesting that I still find Chriselle so likable and fun to watch when I do feel like Netflix is also throwing her down my throat I, I really like her. I was waiting for the other shoe to drop or, like, to find out why I'm not supposed to like her or for her to just get old, like, you know, being a little too sweet and a little too genuine. I did think the the scene where her sister gave her a facial, I was like, this is unnecessary, yes. you know? <laughs> uh, also, the scene at dinner with her sister and her sister's children. Oh, my God. Were, so good. like, unprepared for the camera. And it was just them all trying so to make natural conversation was... <laughs> wonderful blue-haired missouri teenager who didn't graduate high school is my favorite character of the season and her just clearly being like i just could see her thinking to herself like there's a fucking world outside of here and i'm gonna get out there as soon as i get my ged i think really that there's something too about you know they try to the, the mean girl gaggle group of girls tries to be like well she has this guard up so we we can't be let in and she's not telling us the full story and I relate to her in having like that she doesn't advertise fights that she's having with her like boy her husband all of the time and she seems more 
like that that kind of guardedness is motivated by her being really fragile rather than her trying to be fake so there's something i like feel for her and don't think as much as she could be very like boring and vanilla and kind of sweet i don't think that she's super manipulative and fake Chriselle, if you're listening i want to be best friends and <laughs> also by the way <laughs> she got burned by davina like super early on by when they were having that conversation about mary and romaine getting engaged and davina yes. was like participating in the gossip and Chriselle said does mary pay for everything like i don't understand how their relationship works and then davina totally like spinned that against her and then sort of backed away to the group about like how that conversation actually really played out so it's like yeah no fucking shit she's not gonna talk to you davina like she learned her lesson and it didn't feel like she took a stand against people like even with davina that i loved when we came back season two and she was explaining why she can't be friends with Christine. It didn't feel like reality TV fodder, like, I'm just, I'll, they betrayed me and I'll never be their friend again. Yeah. It was, like, justified. It was, like, it's really toxic to be friends with her because she'll say things, she'll say really nice things to me, and then she'll say really mean things behind my back, and I end up expending a lot of emotional energy. And it was, like, mm-hmm. such a good explanation. Yeah. Like, it didn't feel crazy. <laughs> You're like, that is sound. I like that logic. That makes sense. Lesson yeah. to all of us in toxic friendships. Yes. But it felt like she kind of, I don't know. I too. If Chriselle, if you're listening, I would also like to be friends. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I guess I would also like to be friends too. And Come I would like to know that. your hair secrets as well. And I would love to get a facial in Missouri with you anytime. <laughs> My first, like, when I was like, oh, I'm in for however many seasons this goes on. <laughs> Was they they went up to that $44 million house, which is like the premiere listing season one and kind of bookends the season of mm-hmm. like, this is our white whale. Sell it, girls. Mm-hmm. They then, people, the girls were like marveling at the house and someone was like, can you imagine? Hey, welcome to my humble abode. And Brett goes, well, except it's not humble. And it was like, <laughs> no shit, Brett. That's the whole thing. <laughs> These and then the girls had to like laugh and be like, oh, totally. And it was like, <laughs> what an insane dynamic. Um, I have another question about the houses. Are they not all gonna fall down the second there's an earthquake? Like every single one of those Hollywood Hills houses is coming tumbling down the mountain, yeah? Yes, they're yes. all on stilts. They're okay. all on stilts and made of glass. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I uh, I very much enjoy this show. It really feels like a vacation for your brain. And it does. I'm yes. unclear if anything is ever really happening in any season except for the divorce, but I'm here for it. Yeah. Yes. Um, thank you so much, Caroline. This was so great. Um, I'm <laughs> so happy to get your takes. Anytime there's, like, very little men involved, I feel like we have to go straight to you <laughs> for a take. <laughs> uh, is there anything? Oh, you're not on social media, right? No, I had to, but that's not because I'm too cool for it. It's because no, I'd be, no, like, no. in your, like, God sister's christening. <laughs> Perfect. Five Perfect. minutes after meeting, so no. <laughs> okay, great. Um, well, thanks so much for joining us again. This was great. Thanks, Thank guys. You. Bye. Bye. Bye.